The Anchism Podcast, brought to you by our proud sponsor, Kixinto. As Canada's premium reseller of authentic sneakers, Kixinto offers free shipping in Canada and the USA. With a wide selection of the most exclusive Jordans, Yeezys, and other premium products, you can trust Kixinto for all your sneaker needs. Don't miss out on the latest drops and limited releases. Visit their website at www.kixinto.ca to shop now and step up your sneaker game. podcast we have Mariam and Elisha from the Integrated Maternity. The company is dedicated to aid and promote effective communication for women and their families when accessing maternity healthcare services. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you. Actually, I'm doing fine. A little bit nervous. It was quite a busy day today for us, but it's it's feeling good being yeah. here, yeah. feeling special. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm, um, I'm excited actually to tell everyone all about us and yeah. our business. Yeah, good. So, Alicia, I'll start with you. Before we started rolling, you told me you are a mother. Yeah. So, tell us about your journey being a mother. And you said you were a mother quite young. And yeah. probably at that age, you do not have a lot of awareness about the services or people to signpost you or guide you? No, um, so I was a young mum, I was a teen mum. I've had, i got lots of sisters, so I, I, I was around babies, but I never really knew about pregnancy and childbirth. Um, all I knew is that I had to just go to the doctors and tell them, and then they just kind of told me where to go to my appointments. But when I went there, um, because I was young, I, I always felt a bit embarrassed, I always felt, um, I always felt like they was judging because I was young and they'd make comments like, oh, you don't, you're not old enough to have a baby, you don't look old enough. And he, he used to make, he used to give me really bad anxiety going to my appointments. I actually requested my notes recently because um, you can request your, your information. And I, at this, I can see through my notes where I'd, I didn't I'd turn up to my appointments a lot of the time because I was feeling so judged and stressed. And, and I, I didn't really know, obviously, the the importance of the appointments back then but I felt I did feel very judged so um, that's what made me want to become a midwife so I could help. I initially went in with the idea to help teen mums um, just to be like a support that I felt I didn't have when I had my two. Well my first one I was a little, my second one I was a little bit older but yeah that that's why I, I wanted to become a midwife. Um, and here I am. <laughs> so, yeah. Mariam, tell us a bit about yourself. I'm a third-year stu- third student midwife, and as you said, as you mentioned before, and I'm a, a second-language speaker. Right. So, uh, the idea of you know working with Alicia and Helen, another co-founder of uh, Integrated Maternity, the idea of working with the, uh, with these nice girls was comes from my own struggles in communicating with other people and then so i'm here i've done other degrees but i started i started to study midwifery because i had a passion 
to be able to work in healthcare while I was younger. But, you know, back then in my country, you know, because of the strict laws and, you know, uh, my, my dad wasn't like happy with the uh, with working uh, in healthcare. So I chose another degree and studied. I used to be a teacher and now I'm here. I'm settled and uh, I'm I'm following my passion. <laughs> yeah. So, Marim, what's your first language, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, don't worry. Uh, my first language is Farsi. Farsi? Wow. Yeah. Wow. And uh, where is your country of origin, if you don't know? So, I'm, I'm from Iran, Iran, originally, yeah. And uh, my uh, native language is, yeah, my mo- mother tongue is uh, Farsi. And growing up, uh, uh, we used to learn Arabic in our schools as well and uh, because I used to work in different places because I was a teacher so I get to know like more languages and uh, my I have I have masters in TEFL so they, it's like a teaching a school of thoughts in a second language so uh, the whole idea of language and you know removing language barrier it just makes me really excited and I'm so passionate about yeah. that. I am I'm pretty big on languages. I am a big <laughs> fan of wanting to have knowledge about languages. My first language is Hindi, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I can understand. Uh, I originally come from India. Uh, just move to university to study so I can understand and uh, do you feel that you know the demographic of the UK you being midwives mm-hmm. uh, there are cases sometimes that women who are pregnant they do not understand how to express themselves yeah oh is yeah. that a big sort of barrier massive exactly. um, I train at Bolton um, Bolton is, is very multicultural um, and there's all sorts of um, you know different nationalities coming through with different languages um, and you do see a lot um, unfortunately but you do see a lot of language barriers and you can see the effect that that does have on um, a woman you know who's having the care as opposed to women who do understand the language yeah, um, exactly. and you see it a lot in Manchester yeah it's uh, because I uh, you know practice in Manchester Trust and it's the same uh, struggle in there as well it's a big challenge especially when it's an emergency yeah. because for example if you have uh, you know you are providing care for a woman in antenatal uh, clinic and you have you know arranged the appointment you would just arrange having an interpreter on the phone but imagine uh, having a woman in emergency and you have to do uh, like you have to transfer the woman to theater in order to do the surgery to to save the life of the child and also the woman itself and then you know she doesn't understand you you yeah and you can't communicate with her and you know she's going through that like scary scary time without knowing what's going on yeah so it's a really big yeah because yeah. Uh, pregnancy it must be beautiful yeah. it is beautiful it and is. Uh, people who experience it you know both partners in, the, in any relationship yeah. Yeah. it's beautiful but it has 
difficult and challenging. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think I think that's um, not very understood by a lot of women, especially um, if, if it's your first child. Um, pregnancy and, and childbirth is, is kind of put out there like it's the most amazing thing in the world and it, it is. is it is because you have your child but it's also it can also be very traumatic and I, I don't feel like that's that's talked about enough so you know you have a lot of a lot of people who don't really know what to expect they have this really long birth plan and they have their set goals of what they would like when delivering yeah. their child but the reality unfortunately that's too much pressure, isn't it? Yeah, yeah and the reality is not not that that's may not happen specifically you know with any challenges that happen during labor and um, mum gets well baby gets yeah. unwell um so yeah it is, and it sticks with you it sticks with you for such a long time afterwards as well um and it's not it isn't really spoken about yeah, enough is it exactly what do you think about it yeah i totally agree you know uh, i just want to uh, mention the 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 point that you already talked about being judged by healthcare professional and you know it's a uh, like mutual thing because you know sometimes yeah uh, there there are some judgment or like stigma or discrimination towards women but sometimes women themselves they think that okay, Okay, I may be be judged by them. So the fear of being judged doesn't let them, you know, to engage in their care. Mm. So like, and it is the same for women from, uh, you know, ethnic minorities because they think that okay, I don't know the language, um, I will put extra burden on the shoulder of like healthcare yeah. professionals, and I don't want them to think that I am, for example. Uh, you know not smart mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah. and because most of the people like they think that okay if someone is not able to talk in english speak in english maybe they 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 have low iq which is completely uh, irrelevant yeah. yeah exactly and so this this woman comes to the care with these mindset yeah, yeah exactly and sometimes they may expose to some discrimination as well yeah. because it the, the whole idea comes from experience and uh, and you know it's just uh, the evidence completely shows that like yeah. the, the rate of mortality and mor morbidity you know within the black communities and also uh, women from Asian and other ethnic Bing. yeah exactly yeah. exactly you know the, the the interesting that you said bang you know we are we are trying to just not no, I, I yeah actually, <laughs> when I was a student or mm -hmm. sports I I said the same thing that every culture and every person that is being mentioned about mm -hmm. is so different yeah but I was just saying it to some the point up but yeah you're you're correct and it's okay to move away from that yeah term, as yeah because uh, again uh, it is now it's a part of uh, government uh, initiative initiative that uh, let's not uh, call these uh, women or these people BAME because oh. calling them BAME is somehow it's isolating them you know what I mean? Yes. So, and and I guess it's a it's a good way to to have equity. Yeah. You know, the the very small step through inclusion. Yeah, 100%, 100%. yeah I think those are very backdated old 
Yeah. Yeah. That's what's so referring to. Referring yeah. To that, but at the same time, I'm guilty of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, sometimes it's especially when you when you know you're reading literature, it's just sums up, I suppose, and it's just yeah. like a, a term yeah. that sums up. But I think more like ethnically diverse is. Yeah. is I feel like where it's where it's going now. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's funny that you said about um, not wanting to feel silly for not knowing yeah. the language. Um, there's been there's been times where you know you've you've um, explained to the woman, "Do you understand English?" Yeah, 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 I do. And then you could ask ask that woman something and. She'll just say yes, and it's it's yeah, not it's yeah. not the answer, and it's because she doesn't want to to say it. Oh, I don't I don't understand, and it's just sad that you know, like I, I want mm. you to tell me you don't understand. I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah. You are right. People do feel embarrassed. Yeah. If they cannot speak English properly, mm-hmm. sometimes you know, uh, when I came into this country very mm-hmm. new, I I really used to get nervous sometimes. You know. You know what's funny about our friendship is Mariam pulls me up on things I'm saying wrong in English. <laughs> That's what's the yeah, funniest. Because the thing is, we learn when we want to learn a second language, especially when in English we used to first learn in at school. So it's more academic way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when you talk yes, to someone, yeah, they just try to <laughs> say something in an <laughs> informal way. Yeah, but... but I know what you mean. That it is a struggle that I I face every day. But you know, when you get people, when when people get to know you, mm-hmm. it's just uh, a friend of mine. Her sister gave birth to you know her daughter. And she's been so depressed afterwards. She's she's not the same, and there is no one to guide. No. those people so is it is it normal or how does it work it's it's actually really sad but yeah. post postnatal depression ptsd that's um it's so big in maternity um and is it not talked about enough because i, I, I know like it because of personal yeah. experience yeah. i don't know it because i've read about it yeah. i mean there are these there, they are trying to get out there and, and get it out there you know it's okay and and you can be honest i feel like i feel like what happens with and i mean it's personal um, mm-hmm. opinion but i feel like what happens with a lot of women who have ptsd or or postnatal depression after having a baby um i think they're scared in case it, it means that they're not a good mum Mm-hmm. and that's why they can't talk about it i mean you have the routine tick box is everything okay um how are you feeling but i mean it's you need an in-depth conversation and i, I feel like a lot of the time it's either cultural barriers you mm-hmm. need where they don't really talk about mental health or it's a fear of of having your baby taken away and that's not what would happen but there's this stigma around mental health but that would that isn't what would happen and they are trying yeah. so hard i mean the embrace report did you write down it's like suicide is yeah, one of the, the second the killers of maternity yeah. really yeah. yeah from um after having a baby it's one of the, it's a massive yeah. oh massive God. risk of maternal mortality because you ha- you have you have the physiological changes you have mm-hmm. your hormone changes yes. but then obviously you have you could have trauma you could have had a traumatic yeah. delivery your baby could have been poor you've got all of yes, that yes, yes, um yeah. and then you've just got just you've just got having a baby no sleep you know it's, it's a lot to kind of contend it with is, it yeah. and it's it's it can happen very quickly and it's sad really isn't it yeah and uh like uh, one of the points that it was mentioned in embrace report was that you know the the suicidal rate is higher in white women oh and but uh like uh ethnic minorities women they tend to 
you know, ask for help less. Right. But you know, because of the the religion and cult- cultural beliefs, they yeah. just they suicide doesn't happen between these women. But they don't they like, change forever. Yeah, they kill exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just the the whole stigma around the uh, you know topic of uh, mental health. Yeah. Because you know they feel like. Uh, they feel guilty mm-hmm. about talking uh, talking about this because they think that right now I should enjoy my time yeah. and show you know uh, enjoy spending time with my baby the I should fun. yeah exactly and you know enjoy taking care of my baby mm-hmm. instead of thinking my mental health and to be honest in many culture like mental health is not like known as a thing it's not a thing at all Even if so it's now known as a thing, yeah, it's not yeah exactly just you know they uh, women may be advised with their and studies there are studies that shows this so it's evidence-based so ma- many women just t- you know been told from their family members or partners just you know you get better don't worry it's nothing and uh, to be honest it's the most serious thing because yeah. you know everything related to each other mm-hmm. like if if a mom is de- depressed he is not she is not able to take care of the baby mm-hmm. and you know uh, you know in a long run the baby would not have a really good start for uh, for the life so everything is f- somehow like intertwined the, with yeah. each other i agree with you being a mother is a very big responsibility being mm-hmm. a parent is a big responsibility yes, it is uh, but someone who actually gives birth mm-hmm. puts their life at risk literally yeah. because yeah. giving birth to another being yeah <laughs> it's it's not it's not an easy task and my mother was asked this question that you know uh, we would only be able to save you or your son so she was like you just save my son yeah. so that's yeah. how a yeah. position of a mother yeah. can be absolutely and as a parent i mean i bet i bet your mom felt the same you feel like you never do anything right <laughs> you try your best um but it's so it's very hard being a parent because you were responsible for this whole other being um and really you don't matter anymore the only thing that matters is is that baby and i feel like in terms of um mental health after ba- after having a baby i feel like that's really maybe why it gets missed for so long is because yeah. it's just the baby's needs it's getting up every two hours for feeding yeah. and um, it's not self-care and it's not looking after yourself and acknowledging how you're actually feeling yeah. um is the yeah. uh, you know fear of the idea of being selfish yeah so how does your organization mm-hmm. first of all tell me how did you guys have the idea of it and uh, how does your organization integrated maternity yeah help mothers help people recover and signpost we've integrated maternity um it kind of happened just by accident so i was actually talking to helen um who's who's our co-founder who isn't here today but we was just talking we'd got together to form our society at uni um and we'd both been to a, like a mutual event it was it was actually um a um a beam um a beam Awareness. awareness from midwives event um we'd both been there not seeing each other but then we was discussing it afterwards and you know a lot of it was about um you know communication barriers and adverse outcomes because of a communication barrier um and we just said oh imagine if we just was able to just fix it and then you know that that was that and then the next day um we got an email saying 
why not why not apply for some funding? It's like, oh, okay. So we made it and I instantly thought of Marion because Marion's the um, BAME ambassador in her trust um, to promote inclusion. She's also the inclusion officer in our midwifery society. So I thought, let's bring Marion in, see what she wants to do. And then we all kind of shared stories and, and Integrating Maternity was born. And then it's just, it just kind of, have happened. I mean, I, I'll never forget as a first year student midwife, I'd got in on shift one day, never been on delivery suite before. And at the very beginning of my shift, they said, quick, go get you some scrubs, we're going to fit. And I'm like, oh my gosh, where <laughs> are we going? So um, that your first delivery yeah. My first delivery experience was it was um, a category one, we call it, which is an emergency caesarean section. Oh God. So I was, <laughs> I was just stood there, I didn't want to touch. I just remember being told before before I started placement, I remember being told, don't touch anything blue. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Blue is like yeah. So I just stood there like this little... Um, but it was this amazing woman. Um, she didn't speak English. Um, she'd had an interpreter earlier on in, in the delivery um, overnight. Then she hadn't had the interpreter while she was labouring. Um, and then... Um, and, um, uh, an obstetric emergency happened um, straight into theatre and she had a cesarean section and I just remember going in and I didn't know what to do so the only thing that I could have done is I just went to and I held a hand and I just stood there and I held a hand and I was looking and it was in Covid so I had a big mask on and oh um, yeah. I was, yeah, I was just trying to, whilst she was ha having a epidural, I was just trying to smile with my eyes and you know try and reassure her because she didn't understand what I was saying and that moment I was holding her hand, I felt a tear on my hand and I just went, I left the, I left the theatre and I went crying. I was like, that poor woman, she, I wanted to help her, I wanted to reassure her, but I didn't know how and um, there was no interpreter, it was an emergency, we didn't have time to run and get the phone. And it was just one of those experiences that, that just stayed with me forever. So I always, every time I think about why are we doing this and, and who are we trying to help, I always think of that woman mm -hmm. who, I felt her tears on my hand and, and I thought, no, we need to try and fix this. We need to do something that can help women. And that's why we decided to form Integrating Maternity. Yeah. The idea is that it will be used in those events, in emergency events where you, you haven't got time to get an interpreter, but you've got time to quickly show her a translation so she knows what's happening. Um, and that's, that's why we did yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Mariam, what was your inspiration in joining and what was sort of your first experience yeah. like? Yeah, <laughs> to know? be honest, in uh, because I practice in uh, Manchester Trust and most of my uh, <clears throat> placements on St. Mary Hospital, which is a big, a massive hospital with loads, uh, lots of, you know, women from different ethnicity backgrounds. And you see uh, that, like language barrier play a um, plays a really like huge. vital yeah huge role in the outcome and most of the women they go through some treatments even surgery without knowing what's going on mm -hmm. and yeah and this is uh, to be honest this is a uh, it's it's a tragedy for both women and also healthcare professionals yeah. as well because at the end of the day we always try to you know think about our day think about our work and try to just you know try to think away that okay how could i just uh, how could i do something that it it, it made it better, yeah. you know, and it's a lo lots of pressure for the healthcare prof professional as well because us, 
you know, we sometimes feel guilty yeah. because mm-hmm. we can't, we are not able to provide that quality care that these women deserve. like deserve. deserve yeah. yeah so uh, for me, and I'm I'm so passionate about inclusion, mm-hmm. and I'm so passionate about equality. So, and you know, besides uh, our communication tool, we we also dedicate our uh, dedicated our social media to cultural awareness, uh, talking about like different uh you know way that for example ethnic uh minority women or even like women from deaf community yeah. right. because they have their own language you know they may communicate yeah exactly yeah. and they may communicate and you know they how they can engage with uh you know healthcare professionals yeah. even in you know in some cases even if for example we have in interpreters you know interpreters sometimes are men male interpreters yeah, yeah exactly and women especially the ones who just arrived in the country and they're like a residency status is not for example specified oh, yet yeah, yeah, yeah exactly and they don't know the routine they don't know the healthcare system they don't know how to navigate the healthcare yeah. system so when when they're talking to a male uh, uh, interpreter about the the most private part of it's their lives yeah. oh my god yeah even with the interpreter they they're not yeah. able to communicate yeah and having that struggle yourself mm-hmm. gives you the compassion and you know helps you you know yeah. improve the services that you can provide yeah absolutely exactly. and i mean helen's not here but i know she won't mind sharing helen actually um lost her her baby she had twins um and both of them were born and she lost teddy um and teddy's <laughs> um acknowledged in our book but she suffered um you know a bereavement um of, of a very tiny baby she's she's also gone through you know not understanding what's happening and not being told much in different in a different way than than yeah. maybe Mariam has or I have. So I think all of us have had some experience within maternity care um, that has shaped and changed our lives forever and, and made us want to to come here and do this. And you know, I feel like I feel I feel like without those, would we be doing this now? Yeah. I'm not sure. I, in a way, I'm thankful for everything that happened to me because I know just by by doing this, how how helpful it, it's going to be and how much everybody appreciates it yeah i guess for us the difference is we are uh you know working on our passion yeah. instead of just choosing our or following a career you know or mm-hmm. a job and just and i guess you know based on the experience based on the challenges that we have it is more uh for us to a passion instead of a job yeah you know? so Alicia, how difficult was it to be a mother at a young age? You spoke about it before the podcast, and what were the sort of taboos that you faced as a teenage mom? I always remember feeling like I was going to get judged. I would say to any young mom out there who has found themselves pregnant, and maybe they're a little embarrassed because I know I felt embarrassed. Um, and it sounds awful because I wouldn't change change my son for the world. But it is something that you know you have to kind of explain yourself. Like, well, why wasn't you using protection? And I, I just want everybody out there to know that it's nobody else's business. And you just go there and you know advocate for yourself and 
I hope that you would I hope that you wouldn't get judged. Times have changed since I had mine. Um but it's really important just to just to go to antenatal appointments, go and what do what they're offering. If they're offering you some parent classes, it doesn't mean you're a rubbish parent because you're young it, at all. It doesn't mean that. I actually find a lot of young mums are better parents than the ones who have never held a baby before and yeah. you know so I mean yeah I would just say to just take their advice and, and don't let anybody judge you because yeah. it, it doesn't mean your life's over I am approaching fertile <laughs> and yeah I'm just about to qualify for my forever career I've just got I've got integrated maternity I've got two amazing boys my life is far from over and you know, theirs won't be either just you're just taking the long way around exactly and it it is really important for women young women and even women from ethnic minority they they should know about their rights if for example they've been discriminated against if been treated in a way that they're not deserve so they have this right to ask for the change of their healthcare professionals. Even if there is no no matter of discrimination or judgment or anything, if any patient out there is not comfortable with their healthcare professional, they have the right to ask for a change. They don't need a reason. Yeah, exactly. Don't need a and reason. I guess this is this can help them to, you know, uh, make it easier yeah. to proceed with the like care that they're necessary for yeah. them. And in terms of contraception, we've dedicated a little bit in our book about yeah. contraception. Again, a lot of people don't know what's out there. There's so many different forms. Um, you can find them on the NHS website, but you know, for women who don't um, speak or read English, um, we've got um, in, our, in, in our book, so it's translated in up to eight languages so far but we're always getting more um a little bit about safe sex contraception and antenatal care and education as well exactly and the i guess the interesting part of it is that we have both written parts written translation and also we have this qr code in our book is it your company's books yes okay so you have a proper you know guide Yes, yes, exactly. It's basically so. It's we call it our communication book. So it's a comfort and crisis is right. is um, how we want it to be used. So it's it's a book. Um, we've got a, a What's sign it language. Called? It's it's just a site. It's called Integrated Maternity. It is Commun- on just your website. On your yeah. website. Okay. It's on our website, and it's um it's on pre-sale now for the BSL, which is the British Sign Language. That is awesome. Um, yeah. yeah, and we worked with the Royal Association for Deaf People, who um who are one of the leading charities in England, um for to help deaf women um and and families, and they've provided all of the sign language videos and um we've got an illustrator who's doing the drawings and it's just to show you know it's just to show them in an emergency um what's happening but it, we've also got the comfort side which is just the small conversations that women who don't um understand english don't get so congratulations yeah. your baby's beautiful do you want me to help you change a nappy? Would you like a drink? Yeah. Just the nice conversations that they they don't get to have because yeah. they don't understand. So we wanted to include the nice bits yeah, as well. Exactly. Because, you know, when, you, uh, when women are in hospital and they don't need any, like, um, specific care or treatment, 
nobody would just call an interpreter for them in order to just ask them how are you mm-hmm. or do you need anything to eat but if they could you know yeah the website, exactly or even the, the books that you are just preparing mm-hmm. and even we consider the part that okay if it's emergency maybe they don't get it in lack time or you know the comfort to just go and read so the audio uh, audio part of the book would help them to just deal with the emergency as well even yeah. for the um, uh, deaf women we have the video part which is to sign everything explain everything yeah, yeah. so the idea is the health provider will have this book and if it's an emergency situation they'll just show them the illustration but for the for um, deaf families but um if there's if they've got signal because obviously signal's a big issue they scan the QR code and it shows them a video and then they're just explained it's just being explained just what's happening and there's one that says an interpreter's coming just for reassurance um, and then for women who um have um, don't have English as their first language. They've they've got the translations in a written format, but then also the the health professional can just press play, yeah. and it's a woman speaking, and it's just explaining um, what's happening. It's very closed um, because obviously we can't we can't reply, but it's just it's just to kind of tide them over so they have just some understanding of yeah. what's happening to them. Exactly, um, and I guess even you know we've been in many situations that just couple of sentences would have made a Meant big change yeah. you know and I guess um, even you know with the part uh, that you mentioned that it goes uh, with the um, um, it has an explanation that how you know it explain how to use this book how to use it mm-hmm. and if you have like uh, internet access, you can download them and then have them and use them offline as yeah, well. Yeah, on your phone. Yeah. yeah. What are the different sort of contraceptions that women who do not want to get pregnant can use? Can you advise on that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, uh, we always, as healthcare professionals, you know, when we want, when it comes to, you know, getting uh, like a treatment, we always we have to, we must provide all kind of information related to the different options that they they can have. And for contraception, there are uh, like a couple of different options, as you mentioned as well, like uh, one is the implant, one is injection, one is the, uh, the pills. Yeah. And, you know, either of them, like, each of them has its own benefits pros and cons okay. and so we 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 just explain all of them to the woman and this is that you know at the uh, you know finally it is the woman who has Woman's to choose yeah, yeah. And choose uh, one of them. Mariam, how important is it for you as medical professionals to know the medical history as well oh, oh god <laughs> and because people hide it because you know yeah. so that they can just take the pill or just they can just yeah. sort of yeah exactly I know what you mean like you know everything is related to the medical history of the patient because for example if if they're on some kind of medication it may has some contradiction with yes <laughs> with some of some other medication or for example they may have allergy Side that effect. we don't know yeah. yeah exactly and on the contraceptive pill there's some um 
medication that you take for your mental health, um, like anxiety medication yeah. or antidepressants, that actually cancel out the pill. Awkward. So yeah. you're not, <laughs> if you take antidepressants, you are not protected, even if you are taking the contraceptive pill. So, I mean, doctors are quite good at explaining that, but if a woman maybe isn't disclosing what yeah. actually she is taking... They cannot do much. They can't yeah, do much. And exactly. a, a lot of the time, different institutes don't really communicate with each other very well. Yeah. So, you know, it's always just... Communication I would just is the biggest thing. 100%. Exactly. And exactly. a medical history is massive. Yeah. Massive. It makes sense. What would be your one advice to mothers who have just given birth, who are feeling very stressed mm. and uh, are worried that would they be good mothers or not or put too much pressure on themselves. Yeah, My advice would be to be honest with how you're feeling, it's normal, even though um, society tells you that you should be happy, you've got a baby, you should be grateful, it's very normal to feel scared and, and upset and and down and even not to know why. Sometimes women don't know why they feel the way yeah. they do. Um, so I just want them to know that it is normal. Be honest with how you're feeling. And being a parent's hard. Um, you have to make decisions. You haven't got a crystal ball. You know, you just have to use all of the information around you and do the best you can and you'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah? And, uh, you know, I would say there is no such a thing as perfect mom. You know, um, every parent can be different in a way that they provide care for their children. And for newly mom, when in postnatal period, it is normal to have this, uh, you know, you know, imbalance between the hormones. So they, they get sometimes emotional. They may sometimes even find themselves in tears without any reasons. <laughs> and it is it is normal but as long as they are on top of their life mm -hmm. if if they find themselves not having the control over their daily life they should seek help yeah. mm -hmm. seek help and there is no shame in that no. mm -hmm. because first of all you have to be healthy mm -hmm. to raise a healthy child yeah. i'm sure that you cannot talk all about maternity in <laughs> in any short period no. or even yeah, in a exactly. lifetime because exactly. I think being a mother is a journey, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it is. Exactly. And I mean, I could we could talk about um, <laughs> midwifery forever. forever and we could talk about, you know, what, we, what we're planning on doing and p women's experiences and, and all the literature that's out there because yeah. it's a really big topic. But yeah, I, it's... It's our passion, isn't it? Yeah, and we exactly. just we just love it. Exactly, and because you know it's just real. It has different dimensions. Like maternity is related. It can be related in social life. You know your finance, finance your education, your language. It is somehow is a part of your life which is like related to other parts. So we can talk forever. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Another thing that makes me question certain things is the amount of pressure couples put on themselves after watching other people's posts on social media oh about God, yeah. the expectations of pregnancy you know, flowers, mm. balloons these oh, yeah. things back in size 6 jeans yeah. so could you you know have some sort of uh, words of reassurance for them as well yeah. you know mothers who feel like oh they are you know they're not as they were and 
uh, how normal are these changes? Yeah. yeah. I would just say that you don't believe everything you see on social media. Everybody shares the good bits, but they don't share the bits where they're sat in day old pajamas with baby sick all over them and <laughs> you know <laughs> I mean that's the that's that's the reality. That's yeah, the reality. Exactly. That is the true yeah. part of yeah. being a mother, isn't it? It's yeah, difficult exactly. times yeah. as well. And there's so much pressure to snap back and yeah. you know, get back to being you, you yeah. but you have a whole other life. Yeah yeah and you've got you you everything about it changes your goals change um you know everything is is priorities. changing yeah your priorities yeah. and it's this this culture of everything's supposed to be instagram perfect and mm. it's just not the case it's, it's not, not the case. reality yeah it's, it's not. not reality because there is n- n- no such a thing as perfect. being back to your yeah, you know old you because you know with giving birth with getting pregnant and giving birth everything will change and it is your new you so be best version of yourself yeah you know be the new you yeah exactly the new embrace you. The new yeah, you. yeah exactly embrace being a mother yeah and i am sure it's very easy for me to say but those who have experienced that stress who have experienced that happiness who have experienced that pain joy tears and everything in between it's not an easy journey can you share stories of you know couples or do you have sort of words of testimonies in- encouragement yeah. yeah so you know this one's interesting because this came from a dad um, <laughs> and I wrote it down because in um, part of Part of our communication tool, we worked with um, the Royal Association for Deaf People and a man called Marcel Hirschman, who is a deaf father. His wife is also deaf and his wife has very recently had a baby. And he's experienced that communication barrier and it's fresh in his mind. And he he said, he talks a lot about how um, when they went in um, to have their baby, he was sat on the bed and he never understood a word what the midwives were saying, they had masks on. He oh was God. deaf, yeah. um, and he actually said that. Um, where is it? Um, I may be biased, but I do feel very strongly about this project, especially being a deaf father myself and going through this a few years ago and not understanding what the midwives were saying whilst waiting for my interpreter. And when he, we asked him to help us with this, and he's helping us make sure that our translations are wow. appropriate. Wow. Um, but you know. It, you see, you see that, and you you remember why you're doing it because men suffer from it as well, especially if um, they don't understand the language. Yeah. And a lot of people put so much effort into trying to explain to the woman, but the man's there and he's watching it. And typically, he's he probably sees the worst side of, of yeah, what's going exactly. on. Um, it can be really ex- uh, scary, scary for them. For as them well, yeah. yeah. And I think that uh, you know, having someone who can make those translations easy or yeah. sort of contribute to people who speak or who communicate through the sign language is amazing. I think it's such a, a beautiful language, it's so emotive and you can really get, portray what, what you want to say with with sign language and you know it, it's I also like it because I think it's universal as mm-hmm. well. If everybody knew it, how amazing would that be? There'd and be it's no really barrier. expressive yeah. using your you know yeah exactly showing your emotion showing you know with your face you 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 show the meaning of sentence which is really like interesting way of communicating even when we talk with marcel because we talk (laughs) to marcel with an interpreter so it's been video calls so we would talk and then uh, his his interpreter would translate and then it goes back like that it's like a freeway conversation and 
I just love watching it. I love seeing it. <laughs> I, I wish I, I wish I knew more of sign language. Yeah. Um, but it must be really difficult. Yeah. And in COVID, especially with with the masks, and you know, as as a deaf person who is speaking to an um, somebody who is hearing, they mm-hmm. don't usually know sign language, so you rely on lip reading. Yeah. And with the barrier there, you know, there's really no way to to communicate and a lot I think a lot of deaf women don't actually read English yeah, do they? exactly because they just tend to learn the sign, sign language. language and the the other thing is when when we were just when we wanted to start this uh, before having our book we had this training for uh, you know BSL awareness and uh, you know the sad thing is these um, you know communities been really judged sometimes people like address these people as mm, not smart and the way they were yeah exactly and which is which is really sad because you know they they're just (laughs) successful individuals you know and you know trying to uh, thrive with all of these challenges and uh and we learn about we learn a lot about them in those trainings yeah. as well. So what we are trying to do is raising this awareness toward the deaf community and also the woman who's not uh, whose language is not English. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast and got to learn so much from you both. So thank you for taking out the time. Thank you.